No Simple Road is stoked to have Sunset Lake CBD back with us as our sponsor. Sunset Lake is the real deal. If you've looked around trying to find CBD and it just didn't do what it was supposed to do, this is the place you need to go. They've got every kind of product you can imagine, including CBD tinctures with sleep gummies that are great for getting to bed, CBD gummy bears and reishi infused chews that can help bring you a little bit of calm in a stressful day. They've got salve. They've got smokable hemp flower that's great for folks like me that don't want to get stoned and paranoid, but want to have the benefits of cannabis. Well, now you got it. And they even carry CBD products for your pets, man. I'm saying this is Darwin approved stuff. Go over to sunsetlakecbd.com and check out the full range of what they have. This is Vermont grown right to your door and they're giving you 20% off. So put in the promo code NSR20 when you're checking out. You're going to get 20% off your whole order. And I know you're going to love it. They even have subscription options open for you. So you don't forget to get your medicine. Go check out Sunset Lake CBD, everybody. Hey, everyone. Chris Pandolfi from the infamous String Dusters here to let you know that my podcast Inside the Musician's Brain is back on the airwaves for season four, which means it's time once again to get deep with influential musicians from all across the musical landscape to really understand and translate the lessons of success, failure, inspiration and hard work that are behind the music and the artists that we love. My guests this season include Rachel Price from Lake Street Dives, Sam Bush, Chris Wood, Chris Funk from The Decemberists, Lindsay Liu, MC Taylor from His Golden Messenger, and more. Check us out, and thanks for listening. We're so excited to tell you a bit about today's sponsor, Music Masters Collective. They are a nonprofit organization that produces unique music events, providing opportunities for fans and artists to meet and collaborate in an inspired and creative atmosphere. Music Masters Collective events give you the opportunity to learn from world-class musicians like Otil Burbridge, Steve Earle, Richard Thompson, former members of the band, the Milk Carton Kids, Nikki Glaspie, the Fab Foe, and Sean Colvin, and so many more. At an event like the Milk Carton Kids Sad Song Summer Camp, happening this July, you can expect immersive classes, evenings of entertainment, excellent food, and a space for a lucky group of folks to learn, co-write, workshop, and perform with like-minded peers, all with the guidance of Kenneth Pattengale, Joey Ryan, and some of their favorite songwriters. This all-inclusive week in the Catskill Mountains of upstate New York is guaranteed to be magical. Scholarships are available and spots are extremely limited. So visit www.sadsongsummercamp.com forward slash simple to learn more. That's www.sadsongsummercamp.com forward slash simple. Check it out. episode of No Simple Road is brought to you by Shop Tour Bus. Head over to Shop Tour Bus online at shoptourbus.com or Shop Tour Bus on Instagram is at Shop Tour Bus. You will get yourself one of the coolest shirts in your wardrobe, period. Yes. I know this it's from... like my go-to yeah, for it, a lot. So <laughs> once you have one, you're going to want more. Oh, yeah. I never... <laughs> 
No, I shouldn't say never. I recently, since we started doing No Simple Road, became aware of quality of shirts in t-shirt land. There is a difference. It oh, yeah. does mm-hmm. make a difference in fit yeah, and feel. Yeah, fabrics, man. They yeah. feel good against the skin. They, like, wash and, and dry nicely. So they, they, like, go through a lot of, like, ha- like hazardous conditions. And when you put them on, they still feel just as good as the last time. That's, the, that's one of the things I was going to say. They retain their shape. They don't get all wonky. Like, yeah. one sleeve bigger than the other. Or the bottom yeah. is stretched out. They... They fit right, and they're, they're not too super thick. They're soft. Not too oh, yeah, thin. yeah they're that's just... they're great for like festivals because like you get a little bit of like that sweat. It's thin enough to where it dries really mm-hmm. quickly, and it makes you feel good if the a, a breeze is coming and through. A bree- yeah, and a not breeze. to mention <laughs> all this cool stuff about how it fits and feels. <laughs> The design that's on it is yeah. one of a kind awesomeness. So yeah, they got a new shout one. out to their designer because their designer has been putting out some really amazing that stuff new on one's those awesome. shirts. Yeah, a- <clears throat> Apple and I, well, all of us do, but that's a really that shakedown shake street. Yeah. yeah, tell me this town ain't got no heart, and it's got the heart in there. And I, I wanted to say heart on it, but whenever I say heart on, <laughs> it sounds like hard on. So I'm not going to say <laughs> that. Yeah, now you, you now. did you say <laughs> but, it. Oh shit! So. It it won't you just guys, be. Aaron looks really cute right now. Hi. To say that. <laughs> <laughs> it won't just be the the t-shirt that you get. It's it's so much more than that. You will get out of everybody on planet Earth. There will be a box that you hold in your hands that only you have that design. Nobody else in the whole world will have the design that you get of that box with that Grateful Dead lyric, with a bootleg, with a tape in there with a pencil to spool the tape with amazing cool twine tying your shirt candy handouts other good, good little weird things gauze, trinkets, tra- trinkets. trinkets I like Trink- trinkets trinkets those are trinkets that you can Goots eat and goots and trinkets <laughs> yeah. with shoot you can even get a doodad <laughs> and or a doodad hey now with All right. Without the whisker biscuit. <laughs> the scooter whisker chaser. Hey, or the scooter chaser. <laughs> yeah. Or the Hoosker don'ts. Anyway. Shop tour bus is awesome. And you're missing out on your favorite t shirt that you didn't even know you had. And put and in the promo when you code. Order, yeah, when you order, make sure to put in the promo code No, no Simple road. road. All one word. And you'll get. Free shipping. Free shipping. So head over to Shop Tour Bus online at shoptourbus.com or at shoptourbus on Instagram and get more than you bargained for. This episode of No Simple Road is also brought to you by Define Define Premium premium Cannabis. What's so funny, Melanie? Why are you giggling over there? I get the giggles. We just tried this a minute ago and I said... Is bravdi bad is fine. This has been a very emotional episode so far. <laughs> we haven't even gotten. And to we're in the, the second commercial, <laughs> and we all in, had a little premium cannabis to boot. We did. Yeah. We sure did. There are two locations here in the Portland area to serve you. One in Hillsboro, where Apple works, and one in Forest Grove. They are equally fabulous locations. I know personally from experience that going into a dispensary can be rather overwhelming with the amount of products and THC percentages and terp numbers and all the different products going into a store and you really want to know about something but you get to like yeah you you get intimidated intimidated yeah and 
You won't feel like that here. Mm-mm. Don't let yourself do feel like that here because they will make you feel comfortable. We're not just saying that because they're a sponsor of the show. Like, it is the only dispensary that I've gone into where I didn't feel hurried or rushed or nervous or like all that. Like, they really, even before they became a sponsor of the show and Apple and Mel were working there, like, we'd gone out there a couple times to get stuff and, and, they took the time with us to educate us and help us find the product that matched what we needed, what we were looking for. And I know that you guys that live out here understand what I'm talking about. Those of you that live where cannabis is, is legal recreationally and medically, like it can be overwhelming. So yeah. things change all the time. There's always new product. And that's what I love about our bud tenders. They love taking their time with somebody. When somebody comes in and doesn't know anything, that is it's fun to educate people. Yep. So head over to Define in Hillsboro or the one in Forest Grove. When you go in, let them know that you listen to No Simple Road. You will get 10% off your purchase and a free t-shirt. That's a pretty damn solid deal. Yeah, gotta they're say. like, here's some awesome weed and now represent us. Or, and you or guys topical are like, mm, or oh, yeah, concentrate. Whatever, whatever or, you'd like. Yep. Whatever's ailing you. Marital that aids. Or, Mm-hmm. Yeah, Marital Aids, they have those awesome little lubes and gels and bath bombs and like a and myriad the lotions. of... Yeah, lotions is one of the most popular things. Throw a bath bomb into a foot bath, like sit back, relax, do that little meditation thing we were talking about. Well, we haven't talked about oh, it yet. Well, you guys will listen to it, but <laughs> just close your eyes with your feet relax. in a nice warm soak alleviate the tired feet from the day and give yourself a nice little buzz to enough to take yourself to sleep have a restful night and then wake up without less uh, pins and needles and ailments in your body yep it is medicine it really is and get the premium medicine at define that's define with a y premium cannabis in hillsborough and forest grove head over to define premium cannabis at Define Premium Cannabis on Instagram, on Instagram. Yep. And, and Define.life online. Apple, were you going to tell them about 420? And yeah, that's the buildup coming to this. We're less than a month away, and it's a big thing. The countdown's on. And if you come in on 420, which is going to be a Saturday this year, both locations will be having a uh, uh, barbecue all day, and you will get 20% off. Are you going to be working the grill? Uh, no, no, I'm going to be working. I will be out at Forest Grove that day, and I'm going to be working inside. I'm going to be helping the bud tenders and backing everybody up. So cool. Coming in on that day, I will be at Forest Grove. Come in and say hi, and we'll hook you up. So, pick which one you want to go to, whichever one's closest, or if you feel like driving, go to the further one and pick yourself up some premium cannabis. Say hi to Apple. Tell them No Simple Road sent you. Get 10% off and a free t shirt and support the No Simple Road family of sponsors. Hey, this is Chris Pandolfi from the infamous String Dusters, and this podcast is part of the Osiris podcast family. Osiris is a growing community of music and culture podcasts connecting music fans with conversation, commentary, and music. Osiris. Why does Blutie 
have an Audi belly button. I don't know. We're I we said something blutey came and then she's all yeah with the Audi belly button. Well, fucking blutey. To all of you out there that have an Audi belly button, I apologize. Why do you apologize? It's just a thing. It's just like oh, having like yeah, a rosy eye or blonde hair or a longer arm. Or Doesn't bother Blutey. Okay, Blutie wait a minute. Just walks around have... with a halter top with the belly button hanging out. It's like I'm Blutey. You just said something. It's a longer arm. What do you mean, Mel? A longer arm. Like some people are born with like a longer leg or a longer arm. Like one, one guy with it, his true. arms are like this. No, I really think my mom has a one longer <laughs> leg. Hey, Willa, let me see your longer arm. Can you reach that for me? No, use your other arm. <laughs> <laughs> if you put it on my right side, I can't reach it. Hey, now, no wow. simple road family, welcome back. We're all here. Well, we're all here, but we're not all there. Well, Ryder's not here. Ryder's not here. But Darwin's taking Ryder's spot today, sniffing your your slipper. What do you got over there, Apple? Sniffing glue. Blutie. This is <laughs> Apple's got This Blutie. is alien Blutie's rock street. candy <laughs> from Meraki Garden. Who Meraki. wouldn't want to smoke alien rock candy? What does it Earthling. taste like? What does it taste like? Alien rock candy. Does it taste like cactuses or pickles? Hamburger. Tastes, tastes kind of like rock what? candy. What? <sighs> that was a terrible. He scored ex- from like an alien. Oh, okay. I guess that makes sense in in a roundabout sort of way. It's kind of off topic, but yeah. Well, guys, we are very excited to bring you what is about to happen here. Um, This week is John Medeski, and I know that you guys are just as excited to hear (laughs) this as I am. And uh, he is a luminary in the improvisational music and jazz world somebody that has broken down barriers and genre and um, a musician that has explored the depths of what it means to improvise and to do something different and not being bound by the constraints of genre or or playing with one person yeah one thing does a lot of stuff. He does a, a lot of stuff. And if you haven't had the chance, after you listen to this interview, um, take some time and go listen to Mad Skillet. It is one of the coolest new things I have found lately. Jasper's favorite song is on his children's CD. What? Um, uh... Patty cake, patty cake, baker. Man. <laughs> you guys, if, like, Medeski has a kid's CD. Yeah. What yeah. is it called? Um, kids. Hold on, let me look it up. It's, that's right. First so, of all, okay. it's fucking adorable. Like, and there we go with the genre breaking thing. I mean, um, I mean, you have this incredibly talented jazz improv musician, and he t- took his time to make a CD just for kids which is it's so cute you guys like when you hear it like the whole thing it's got a song called oh it's called let's go everywhere and the um that's the name of the album yeah play it okay play a little bit of it (laughs) 
<laughs> Hell yeah. Okay, this isn't for kids. Okay, hold on. Fuck yeah, I'm going for a That's ride. That's right. Okay, but we're not going to go for that <coughs> ride. We're going to go for Jasper's favorite song. Okay. So let's go to his favorite song. It's my favorite song, too. Let's go it? everywhere, man. Hell yeah. This is badass. I know. Okay. So okay, that's, wow. That's cool. Right on, John. So yeah, right John's on. a part of that business. So you can bring your child up hearing <laughs> the majesty of John Modeski singing Patty Cake. That's pretty badass. It's so cute. And it's Dar or not Darwin. Um, it's Darwin's Darwin. favorite. Darwin likes Neil Young and Santana. <laughs> Jasper wave flails his arms and like, like really breathes uh, like yes. It is his jam. It it's his long. jam. Oh my god! And watching Jasper play his Fisher Price piano. Oh my god! You guys. This kid uh, is gonna be an amazing musician. It looks like he already has a lot of. Like vocal range. <laughs> <laughs> the baby has vocal range. Darwin just laid down like, oh my I'm god. I'm not trying to make him cuter than he is because it's not possible, but he really does have something special with his fingers and his voice. Like, so he's I wonder. Be a little Herbie or Elton or Billy Joel or John Medeski or Adam McDougal. He's going to do something great. I wonder if that is common. Like, if you talk to John Medeski's mom and asked her like what like kind of stuff he played with as a kid and all that, if he was like that, if he, I don't know, but you know, what would be a good idea that you just saying that would be to interview somebody's mom, like John Mayer's mom. <laughs> Forget about John Mayer, like John Mayer's mom or, you know, like that would be so cool. Like what was right, John Chris Mayer's Robinson mom. like when he was five? Like, that that would be cool yeah forget about them we know how they are they're all over the place but those the are moms fun. we don't you know, know how about parents moms. are too they always tell those embarrassing stories about you yes. you're, like, you're like no don't tell people that. yes i think he liked mother's to play day, with his poop babe for mother's day we need to reach out to somebody's mommy okay if you're somebody's mom that happens to listen to this well i think there's a lot of moms well that whoever to show. responds first all right well have at it no simple road at gmail.com but your baby's got to be like an adult that's all that's the only requirement and yeah, okay because we if it's a little baby they haven't done shit well yet. yeah it's got to be somebody that there's stories about yeah yeah so i think they get the get the picture yeah, yeah. but we That'd digressed really far so yes. what? we were talking about it babies happens. john Medeski, his awesome music it's all relevant true true i Darwin's tired of hearing about the baby. That was funny. He just kind of flopped down like, oh gosh. We Here go we go Jasper. again. More yeah, Jasper stories. From LA. I am the baby. Mm -hmm. This interview was super cool for me because 
Medesky Martin and Wood and all the stuff that he's done over the past however many years has been part of what I've listened to forever. And I think Medesky, Coltrane, and Miles Davis were like the ones that really made me start to appreciate what jazz is. And taught me how to listen to that kind of music. So it was really, really cool to get to talk to him in person and find out where his head is it at. It wasn't in person. Well, talk to him. Yeah. I'm just saying, guys. Personally speak to him. <laughs> and and uh, get to hear where his head is at and where he's coming from. And it's really, he's a really down-to-earth, sweetheart, cool dude that's exploring the jam and the groove. And yeah. that's what his whole thing is about. You guys will hear it too. It sounds like he has just the chillest place, the way he describes oh, yeah. his property and where he's at. Mm-hmm. Just it goes with everything. Was uh, it him? I can't remember during this interview, but I was like, so when do you relax? And he's like, yeah. what's that? Yeah, it was him. <laughs> I, I'll let you know when I find out. <laughs> I, <laughs> I think that there's certain kind of people, and my dad is one of those people, that and my mom. Yeah, when they have downtime, it means it's time to do something. Mm-hmm. It's weird. Like you use your time for yeah, something. Yeah, there's no relax. My dad's like that. He hate my whole life. I would, what are you doing, son? Kicking back. He hates that phrase. Why? Kicking back. Who has time to kick back? What do you? You know, you got to stay busy. Okay. Like generations. It is, but you want to know. Well, I even was, Adam McDougal was like that. He was like his girlfriend said that she was the one that made him go on his very first vacation. Remember? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I <laughs> I think that those kind of people have the proclivity to put I think something. You're those kind of people, and you're just not including yourself. Well, I, I don't know. Am I? I yeah, well, we all try. Especially night, now, we're all kind listen, of like that. Downtime last, is boring now. Last night, I came home, and we could only sit out here for, like, five minutes without you, like, getting up and, like, moving around. Like, when there's literally nothing on the agenda or nothing to do, you don't know how to relax. Really? Yeah. I wanted to make dinner. That's I was hungry. Dinner was making... And you still couldn't relax. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> if I got up and moved around, it was going to make chilling, faster. Smoking a bowl, like just talking uh, about my trip, and you're just like hands on the sides of the chair, rocking, ready to get up, standing up. Then after we ate, they chilled for like three seconds. It was like, <laughs> I'm going to bed. Yeah. <laughs> well, so what? Uh, so those people, go ahead, finish <laughs> Nothing, your sentence about done. those people. Nothing. I'm done. <laughs> No, I, I think that thing has the potential to put really amazing stuff out into the world. When when your downtime is put towards creative stuff and you're constantly thinking about what you can do. Well, so many people have like an idea of what downtime is. It's different for everybody. If you're used to, like, running all day long and, like, active in your life, like, physically or even mentally, mm-hmm. but then you get an opportunity to not have to do those exact same things, 
then you can use your energy for something else that you've wanted to do that and to you that means downtime that's right. like your time that you get to relax and like paint your nails or draw a picture or whatever your thing is I want to paint my nails and draw a picture Sounds I like that. Fun. You I do would that. make a jam, you know. Like oh, speaking of drawing pictures, I gotta share that. Aaron drew me oh. something like probably about ten years ago. It's fucking cool. It was, it was <laughs> I had a bong that looked like a bunny kind of. So he sketched it and turned it into evil bunny, which drawing's awesome. And I was like, he needs a friend. He needs a turtle. Well, didn't we say the tortoise and the hare? Yeah, the tortoise yeah, yeah. and the hare. And he's like, yeah, I'll draw that for you. Fucking here we go. Ten, took him 10 years. <laughs> Had to be sitting in a boring class to pull the turtle together. And he's fucking awesome. But the, the turtle... Okay, so, so the now bunny... you got to paint your nails. You right. Did the the bunny's evil, but the, the turtle was supposed to be evil too. But it took him so long to get here that he got old. So yeah. the turtle is like an old man. Cobwebs and shit, because he. Looks yeah, really Apple said he needs to make his shell look like a a suitcase, like with stickers all over it. He's been traveling the world. It took him ten years <laughs> yeah, to get here. We got to take cute. pictures and put them up now. We will once he's done. Do what do you need, baby? I just want what another more different place. kinds of pot. No, I just don't like. You don't like smoking joints, do you? I hate it. Okay. <laughs> so I should try that cheesel. That there's there's that so here. much. Here, hold on. Okay. So many different kinds of cannabis you know, now. Maybe I'm a. Uh, no, it's not even a snob. It's You're like preference. It's like you like deep dish pizza or you like flat pizza. But there's or New people York like style. that about all kind, like whiskey yeah. connoisseurs and, and, and. I prefer always a bowl. In a you don't bubbler. like like concentrates. Look, I've, or I've, when pens. I was when I was still working at the dispensary, I really loved vape pens, but. I don't know, like being around so much pot just made me not want to smoke it as much. And vape pens were like making my nose hurt. Isn't that weird when you hit the vape pen, it makes you sneeze? It doesn't make me sneeze. It hurt my, it felt like I went underwater, like, and it, yeah. water got in my nose. And so I hate it. And so I just like two or three hits out of a good water bubbler. That's it. That's all I need. Okay. Well, we're going to make that happen. Stand by. Oh, Mel's getting her bubbler on. There we go. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. She's going to pop. Always reminds me of that scene in The Matrix when um, Neo wakes up and he's on the ground. He's like, bloop, bloop. he's like, he's going to pop. And he pukes all over the floor. It reminds me of that every time somebody takes a hit. I'm going to cough it up. He's going to pop. Right, right on. Yeah. That's, <laughs> look, dude. We were talking about this last night. Mel and I were reminiscing about tripping years ago in like 2004. Yeah. It had to be four because it, it was after we had Buzzy. Right. And I kind of stopped and I was like, holy shit. Like, because before you and I were tripping, you that's were 14 tripping. years we've been sailing. And then I thought, whoa. It was like 15 years before that that I was doing it by myself. And then I said to Ryder, I was like, oh, my God, I've been tripping for 33 years. <laughs> no yeah. wonder it's, it gets hard inside my head sometimes. Hard, but easier also. Yeah. So. Yeah. I was just saying, like, last night, I was, there's a lot of commotion 
<laughs> in there sometimes. There's a lot of you need a zen out. A lot of voices. You meditate. You're always on electronics. Yeah, so that's the problem. Yeah. I have been meditating before oh. I go to sleep at night. I have been sitting up in our room. I turn the light down. Yeah, but <laughs> I sit down on the floor on my pillow. When it gets like that, it's good for you to shut off, shut down, power down. Cause that's why I gave you that stone. Which one? You know. No, I don't. The black tourmaline. Oh. It's just good to... What does the black tourmaline do? Well, it helps to cut off that, cut off that electromagnetic smog. So it's like a shield. Yeah. It's like putting on um, sunscreen in this, you know, a sunny day. It's a protection, a little bit of protection. So I actually like, I should have a little red wagon with like a chunk like as yeah, big as a basketball you and I could just suit. yeah I just take it with me everywhere yeah, I go suit of armor like, <laughs> yeah. take you like out. on your fingertips mm-hmm. what are you doing man just it's my electromagnetic smog protector well, vert 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 my look, little red wagon we all need um, a respite from our usual activities even if they're tripping if you're tripping a lot you need some relaxation without it if you're not tripping a lot maybe you need a little trip trip if you're always a work okay that's cool because i know sometimes when you build up momentum to something it's easier to keep going than to start up again so like if you're workaholic and you're keeping on going and it's good and good like you want to stay there but the minute you start to burn out a little bit you got to give yourself some time to reboot and that's what meditation is people try to make it so spiritual and ethereal and, and hard or whatever all it is is just sitting like put yourself in time out that's literally <laughs> yeah, what it is her. put, put your yourself down, in fucking put everything time get out. away from everything yeah the, and if teachers thought about that instead of like making the kids wear a fucking dunce cap and it's in trouble like you know what you're right buddy you're all tired you need to go meditate go chill out in the and make it all beautiful and smell good and cute and then the kids all would the, be acting like little jackasses they, to go get in the meditation corner and you want to know what then you'll have a class full of kids sitting down and meditating not doing shit well meditation can happen anywhere i know it like can. most people like on like a break at work yeah you just go sit in your car with quiet no radio just fucking lay there yeah, it doesn't and, need to be on some special cushion I, a special time look, that's the okay too with a new outfit like of course it's okay i did it that's why i'm saying it right like, you can shut your mind off anywhere you can totally right shut now. down power down just and it. it's powerful <laughs> because then when you get that first clear thought after doing that that's rad. So what I noticed, like I said, I've been doing it before I go to sleep at night for about a half hour. And I noticed when I very first sit down, it's like, it sounds like the beginning of a concert before the band comes on stage. Like when you just hear the crowd, that's what's going on inside my head. And after Those are the horses. And then, you know what I'm talking yeah. about. And then after a few minutes, I can like kind of detach from it and watch it happen. Now you're listening to <laughs> it. Yeah, instead of it, instead of doing it, now I'm watching it. And then I just kind of let that happen. And after a while of just kind of watching the, the thoughts, flower. it just kind of goes away. And then and then my dumb ass, I'm like, I'm doing it. And then... <laughs> what do you got? What do you, I'm doing it. What do you mean? <laughs> You know what I mean. You know exactly what I mean. Like at that realize, that moment like when you realize that, that when you go, everything oh my god, got I'm quiet. meditating. Yeah. Oh my god, it got quiet. All right. Ah, then, shit! I'm yeah, talking. Now I'm thinking about things again. 
yeah. Oh shit, I gotta do shit. Oh wait, I gotta detach. Okay, and then and then the whole thing cycles around again. Well, that whole process is the lotus flower unfolding one little bit at a time. First, you finally got to sit your ass down. That's one little bloom. Then you actually started closing your eyes and breathing. That's another little open flower. And then you keep it up until you are at that point where, oh shit, <laughs> I'm med- meditating. And then you start all over again. It's It can be fun. It is be, fun. Yeah. And I, I've found that I'm sleeping better. Good. And I wake up feeling better. Good. Like... It, at this point, I kept hearing it so much from signs everywhere. Like, you need to f- meditate. You need to carve out time for yourself to stop. Like, I was just seeing it everywhere. And I ignored it for a really long time, like an obstinate little bastard. Yeah. Just like, no, I'm not doing that. I don't have to do that. I'm special. And, you know, whatever my stupid head says. And then finally, like, I realized you already did that in your life. You don't need to go back. Yeah, whatever. It's not cool. (laughs) You don't need to step in the same river twice or whatever. And then I got to the point where it was like I was starting to have anxiety again and getting bummed out for about stupid shit. How recent is this? A month. Okay. Yeah, and I realized like, okay, fine. You got to take your medicine. I'm gonna do it. And then I sat down and started doing it. And I was like, oh, that is really I cool. I really like it. Yeah. It feels good. This is super neat. And I felt silly to myself. And I embarrassed myself to myself. <laughs> <You're> silly. <laughs> well, it the key silly. to that to me, though, too, is that, I mean, the whole point of meditation and everything and psychedelics is to get to that place where you're zenned out, whatever, and be able to take a piece of that. With you and know it's there and carry that with you at all times. Yeah. And that's a fucking really important and thing it to do. Very it does, quickly. Yeah. You know, you don't need to be meditating for years to receive benefit. Like you can have it instantly and that's what's awesome about it. Like I that story t- that Aaron just said times two and I'm still kinda currently in that phase of whatever. I'm figuring it out. Oh, I ain't perfect. I'm I don't do it every night. So, I'm just saying, try it this week. It'll make you feel good. I think that... Like, after the after the show, turn off the show, and then just, like, sit for a minute and kind of digest what we all talked about. Especially John. if you're driving. Well, you're, no. <laughs> no. Okay, if you're chilling or if you're active. If you're active, then do what you need to do. But if you're chilling at home or you have an opportunity to just shut it off after we're done, just, like... Think about what we were saying. Close your eyes. Then stop thinking about what we're saying and go into your own thing. I don't know. See what happens. I think, and I was like this too, years ago, was like, you hear about cities. Do you know what I'm talking about? Not C-I-T-Y-S, not cities. Powers. S-I-D-D. Yeah. S-I-D-D. Yeah. Cities. And like, it's powers. and That you gain from work. From meditation. That's work. Yeah. And like, I'm going to rule the world kind of powers. And then you find out that the powers that you get from it are like 
not having anxiety <laughs> and control over yourself and, yeah and being that's, able to concentrate more and remember words and shit that's like, what i'm saying you gain all I, of that that you just said can be summed up into you gain control of yourself of what you how you eat sleep um what you wear how you breathe like you can control ugly or dumb habits about yourself that you otherwise couldn't control before that <laughs> And it's true because I did it. Like my whole that twenty oh nine to twenty sixteen. Like no, I just mean like that chunk of time oh. was like spent like learn fifteen twenty fifteen was spent doing kundalini, learning yeah. kundalini. <clears throat> um, every book that I could read about it, every everything, and it fucking works, guys. Like I feel like I'm reaping the benefits of that life right now. I, However, if you don't keep doing the work, not just like store it up, make it become a part of your life, then it wanes just kind of like the ocean. It waxes and wanes. Sometimes it's more powerful. Sometimes it's less, you know? Yeah, Pause. definitely. And sometimes it's really important to, well, I, you know, I don't know. Sometimes it seems like it's more important than others to have that space. I think it's like a season, you know, like when... If you're going to be planting, you know, vegetables in the winter, you're not going to have the best results, you know, for the optimal result, do it when you feel it, like when the signs are there. Sometimes you need more action in your life, more exercise, more movement. And then other times you literally need to chill the fuck out and be on your bed with a book or a paintbrush or a recorder or whatever your thing is. Uh, Oh, I was, you guys, I was You're making rattling. a really annoying noise. Oh, yeah, like, you were. Noise. So it's going to be on there. But I'll play with cellophane. I was playing with cellophane. Here, Apple, cards. will you eat this super chewy caramel <laughs> while Mel does with wow, that cellophane? <laughs> that would be I awesome. Was I'm going to do the hula hoop and jump. It was me. Yeah. I admit it. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry to your ear holes. Yeah. We apologize. So, yeah, uh, what, everything we've been leading into is but like. I think this interview, this guy, this music. Also, is very it takes you there. Yeah, it yes. for sure. The day away, it it centers you. Well, I, you. I think after speaking to him, that I learned that playing for him is that thing. Yeah, that's how he mm -hmm. gets in that space. That's his meditation. Like he's outside of his thoughts. He's allowing the music to play him. I'm sorry about the beeping in the background. I apologize. There's construction behind our house for the past three years. And <laughs> so why are you still apologizing? This, this is what you get when you, when you do a podcast this on your porch. This is part of No Simple yeah. Road yeah, now. Yeah, do it live on we the do, porch. do it live. Like when you say there's no typical, like yeah. this is typical of well, No Simple Road. There's no win this week. <laughs> but oh my God, you guys, that Duncan Trussell episode would have been A++, but that stupid wind, even it... I was like, I caught it a couple ugh. of times, like, uh, uh, and hey, there was just nothing yeah, I could nothing do. Yeah, there's nothing you can do. If anything, we're dedicated, if nothing else. Yeah, yeah. Always, that's true. We're, it's like, man, we're gonna do it on the porch. It's just well, a few times we've done it inside. I think that if Aaron and Apple couldn't smoke, we couldn't do the podcast. <laughs> we we've done it down in the it. basement, and we've done it at the table in the living room. We've done it in other rooms, but it's just not the same. Man, just sitting out on yeah. our awesome porch. Yeah. So there's something to being said being outside doing this. So just I want you guys out there to know that I am hyper aware of background noise. 
while we're recording. <laughs> I am super focused on it. And just as much as you guys are, if not oh, yeah. a thousand times more. That's where the Aaron glare and yeah. the hand, when you get the hand. Yeah. Like he has all these different. It, it, He's like his a, looks. A he can just squint his eyes, you know, and you're like, "Oh goes, shit!" It's it's the catcher yeah. gives the signals to the pitcher. <laughs> Move in my chair like two inches. He's like, hey, "What are you doing?" No. So I, as you go back to the last eighty-eight, Porch eighty-nine episodes, just listen back to the background noises. You will sit we've, silent. Yeah, sometimes we're on point, and sometimes uh-huh. we are fucking annoying. <laughs> so. I apologize for all the errant stuff, and I also don't apologize because you know what? This is no simple road. Well, it's a neutral thing. If you're offended easily, then we massage your feelings with a sorry. Mm-hmm. And if you're not offended easy and you get where we're coming I'm from, sorry. that's we're just saying <laughs> we know it. we're not we're sad. not denying it. Yeah. We know what's up. So <laughs> if if it helps at all and makes you feel better, that I am with you. I <laughs> am fighting the fight alongside you with my shield and my sword as we go into That's battle. That's like when you actually look at yourself in the mirror and you can like admit to all the beautiful things but then also admit to like yeah my teeth are fucked up I need to be brushing them shits or like you know what I'm saying whatever your thing is about yourself that's real like you can appreciate the beauty and you can appreciate the flaws. Yep and what we were saying is before the beeping and the flashing and the marching band came through the background I think that playing the music for the for John is mm. is his his meditation and it's really cool to hear somebody that spent so many years in that space you get to hear the music of their thoughts. Yeah, he's putting yeah. that out That's there. Beautiful. It's like a, it's like a teacher too. He's putting that out there for us to take in and so advance. Well, if you're what? I was just going to say I really appreciate anybody doing their craft with like they were just doing playing their music like just going around playing their music and then stuff happened with them like not trying to go out with that intention just like i love this music i'm playing the kind of music i like with my friends and then it becoming that yeah and the the mix that happened from simply from fish playing Modesky, Martin, and Wood at set break, causing this huge ripple. Look what happened with cats. Yeah, yeah, same, yeah, same thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Totally. That is cool, and that speaks. So where you play the music mm-hmm. makes a difference too. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, I because think if the music it, sucked, it would be a different story. But that kind of stuff. No, it'd probably be just as large a ripple in the other way. They'd be like, "We are not. These guys are done." <laughs> <laughs> That was a person last time. That's true. Yeah, so you guys are going to dig this butt. You can dig your butt if you want. We're going to do the business. Dig this butt. I thought you did do business. I didn't. Oh, I, that's how. We deleted what we said. <laughs> you guys missed the whole thing. I. But anyway, the business part of this whole podcast that we do. Follow us on Instagram. And if you haven't already done it, subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. There's 95% of you that listen to this show, listen (laughs) on Apple Podcasts. And I'll tell you what, if every one of you guys leaves us a review and subscribes. That'll be a lot of reviews. That'll be a lot of reviews and subscriptions. And more people will find out about the show. There'll be a lot of smiles over here on this end. What does it look like when you smile, Mel? Show me. (laughs) 
ding. It's like sun coming up over the mountains. Anyway, uh, head over to www.nosimpleroad.com and sign up for the newsletter on the family tab. Check out our calendar of events and all the stuff that's up there as well as some stickers. We have a few pins left, so if you want to be one of the lucky few that owns a No Simple Road pin. I almost lost my pin on this trip. I know a guy. I can get you more. No, I got it. I, I got it, but I was getting out of the car and I heard it fall and I thought it was the Phoenix but it was the No Simple Road pin and then I couldn't find it because it fell upside down and it was oh, black shit. and then some lady rolled over it with her um, luggage and it made it like a like a coin tink, tink. and then I found it and oh, it was awesome yeah, and then yeah, I got scared that I was going to get stopped because it, it's like a little stabby thing I don't you think you can I mean? hurt somebody <laughs> on an airplane with the back of a pin yeah I've hurt myself with it or, it's or sharp. the lightning bolt part of it Oh, yeah. That's a weapon. Yeah. I got stopped. And if you would have lost that, it doesn't matter if we have other replacements. That one's been places. Yep, it's that's yours. true. All it of is. us have ours we've had from the beginning. It is. I got stopped at the airport coming back from Dick's for my pin in my bag. Yeah, and I remember that. Yeah, it wasn't fun. But they didn't take it, and you know what? Well, you had, like, a lot of pins on there. I don't know what you're talking that about. That always sounds funny to me coming, coming back from, from dicks <laughs> we went to dicks to watch fish <laughs> and we were coming back from dicks fish dicks it, fish dicks that's not a new joke by the way that's i know that's, I, I, yeah, yeah, you are not the first my friend I know. where was i you were talking about business business, business. Reddit, one of my yeah. favorites my where you can head over to r forward with. slash no simple road on reddit that is the corner of the world where our family gets together on the internet and hangs out together and talks about stuff and finds buddies to go to shows with and all that cool shit really? that that's yeah that's so cool man like if you're somewhere and the show's coming to town and your crew happens to be out of town you can go to the no simple road family reddit and post up in there and find somebody to go to a show with or even if you have your crew and you want more Hey, let's invite somebody new to come hang out. That's a great idea. I never even thought of that. Yeah, I'm a genius. Yeah, that would be fun. We should do that. We will do that. But isn't that what we already do? Yeah, we already do that. That's why I said we (laughs) will do that. We're encouraging them to do that if they want to go show us somebody. And we are now less than two weeks away from... Skull and Roses Skull and Festival. Festival. Yay. California. We're going to be on the beach. Oh my we're God. I keep talk. forgetting that part. Like, that's not even in my head. I just, I'm like, oh, we're going to go do this thing. And then you said the other day, we're going to be on the beach. And I was like, oh shit. Yeah. Like, that's a whole element that I forgot about. I think that being on the beach, I need a bathing suit. Listening to really good music for three days with our family is going to be so much fun. Yep. So Bad much fun. Airbnb and yeah, man. Fun. Three days of Grateful Dead tribute with O'Teal and friends, Grateful Shred, Zach Nugent's Disco Dead, Jerry Garcia band. Uh, help me out. The Higgs. Higgs. We're going to be hanging out with our brothers, the Higgs. Oh my gosh. Um, so Jerry's middle finger, the alligators. Like it's going to be every time we see the Higgs it's, it's like a family homecoming man uh-huh. those guys I just the smiles adore each and every one of them and uh, Brittany John's wife she's another jewel she's a jewel that's what she is she's a sweet 
heart and a, just a lovely like her voice is just she's amazing yeah and i'm really I'm excited to see those guys i'm excited for the whole thing and listen if you are a listener to this show and you're hearing this right now and you are gonna go if you don't have your ticket yet you can go to nosimpleroad.com and scroll down just a little bit i got a link there for tickets and also if you're gonna be there you are obligated to come hang out with us. We're going to be there for three days, man. And we're going to have all our equipment there and we're going to be recording the whole time. And we want to meet you guys and we want you to be on the show and hear Mm -hmm. your story about how you found out about No Simple Road. That'd be cool to do like little mini like interviews. When you got turned on. Mm -hmm. At what episode did you get turned on? Yep. So think about that, guys. Whoever's coming, think about what episode you got turned on by. And we're gonna have a lot of time. I don't know. We're have you gone in order? Have you jumped around? Is there a certain show you? And like I forgot to, to tell you guys something. Uh-oh. Huge. What? Delaney and Company. Yeah, those are gonna be there. But that's not what I forgot to tell you. He wrote a song that yeah. you guys haven't heard yet. Oh. That has the name of our show in the song. Aww. And it's, I'll, I'll read you guys the email here. Hang on. All right. <clears throat> here we go. Hey, fam. Wanted to share this song with y'all since your show and the story were lyrical inspiration for the chorus. Backstory. When my dad was 15 years old, he and my aunt came home to find that their mom, my grandma, had been killed and put in the trunk of her car by her husband, their stepdad. When my dad went to find his stepdad, he was in a closet dead as well. Murder slash suicide. I knew this story all growing up, and ever since I started writing songs about 25 years ago, I've always wanted to write a song about it, but could never find the words. After I started to listen to No Simple Road, I got an idea for a chorus line. Fast forward a few months, I start writing a completely different song about my grandma, but it needed a chorus. In messing around with it, I found that the No Simple Rogue chorus I had written months prior fit perfectly, both musically and lyrically with the new song I was writing about my dad and grandma. Anyway, I thought it was a story worth sharing with you guys and wanted to send you a video of the song as well as so you could hear it. Hope you enjoy. Have a great week and we'll see you a couple weeks at Skull and Roses. Wow. Wait to wait. Now you're going to hear this. Check this out. Down by the river where all the ghosts live I can see her smile Long dark hair with a bay tan Deep brown eyes just like your kids So, so heavy from the weight of it Fragile heart from the cracks and slips She never meant for it to end like this These few words you should never forget Is that it's no simple road To get to She left here far too soon But she's never far from you 
down by the river where a family lives. They grew up mean, they had to grow up quick. Son of a drinker with a heavy stick. Scared sister with the bruises that fit. Shoes worn down from the road they hit. Broke their backs to make the best of it. She never wanted you to live like this. These few words you should never forget. Is that it's no simple road to get to where you're going. But she left here far too soon. But she's never far. Down by the river where all the ghosts live, I can see her smiling. What did you say, Mel? Like, we always, well, we have to talk about the business part, and you talk about Patreon and putting your money where your heart is or whatever. Like, that was like the equivalent of like a million dollar donation every month yep. you know what I mean like to feel like <laughs> I can't talk Aww. Mel st- uh, the only reason I'm not doing that is because I already did that like a week ago at work well, okay what just happened is Aaron played I just played they just heard it did they just okay yeah okay, so you guys know. heard it yeah they just heard it <laughs> And her voice is like an angel just like coming in, creeping in behind his and like it just reminded me of like all the beautiful things that we do together and like just how beautiful their thing is that they're doing together and like like Apple said, like people like passing in life and then just feeling connected with all the people that that are like there's so many things and then hearing the title like Repeated that's honorable, man. That's that. Just, that's an honor. Yeah. To to be that included in that, that was like a mistake. You know, like, <laughs> well, the no name support. of the show is a mistake. That's so. what I mean. Like, <laughs> it just made us blubber. Right? Yeah, blubber. I had to stop so everybody could cry. That's, <laughs> that's it's rad. Most beautiful songs ever, Jared. Just, Wow. Just made a thing happen inside me. <laughs> yeah, right on. That's what music is supposed to do. So, job well done, my friend. Job well done. Well, I hate to talk about Patreon right now. <laughs> Come on, Mel. Give the Patreon rap in tears. Please help. <laughs> do if you do and don't if you don't. <laughs> That's what I say about Patreon this week. That's the way of the patreon.com forward slash no simple road yeah help support the family that's what comes out of this family so that kind of beautiful stuff happening is what this is all about and if you want to be a part of that that is how you can financially connect with us and we we appreciate it 
and all of you that have signed up. We love you guys, and thank you so much. So, and this is a testament of like, what's going on is how much we appreciate <laughs> what is being given back to us. It's fucking it's amazing. Pretty incredible. <clears throat> pretty incredible. So, yeah, Skull and Roses is going to be something else, man. I highly recommend you. I'm so ready to just plop somewhere for a couple days and just not yeah. do anything. Yep. Not have to worry about work or flights or. It's going to be anything. a nice little vacation it's, for us. Yeah, I'm yep. really looking forward to letting loose. We're gonna do yeah, yeah, and yes. we're going to create something really cool down there yeah, for are. you guys to listen to. Yeah. Yep. So, all that aside, we love you guys, and we are honored and excited for you to hear this interview with John Modesky. If you made it through the sawing in the background and the hammering (laughs) and the crinkling and the beeping and the marching band and Darwin barking and door closing and all the things. This is your reward is a interview (laughs) with legendary keyboard player, John Modesky. Comes the brown booger. Okay. We did, we did the test. What do you think? It was too far away. Still. Yep. So far away. Listen. Alex, good morning. Good morning. Oh, Uh, Oh, Alex can't say it. We just can't hear him. There he is. I just need to set a timer for those coop cakes. Coop cakes. Coop cakes. All right. So here's the deal. I would um, underestimate it by five minutes because our oven is... That's the deal. We're going to call John Modesky now. I promise. That's what's happening. And We're just going to call John Modesky. Yeah, no biggie. No big deal. I was like, hey, let's interview that guy, John Modesky. And you're like, he's like, what did you say? <laughs> like, Joe <laughs> name is. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. So what? I'm old. You meant to say he's like, maybe like the Pope or. That's, that's stretching it. I think okay. he wouldn't agree with that. Okay. What kind? What, he's he's an icon of the improvisational and <laughs> experimental jam jazz. music world, jazz world. He's an right. icon. We Let's can't call. talk to him? No, we're going to talk to him right now. Okay. Are, we, are you recording already? Yeah, I'm recording already. Oh. Oh, oh, oh. Hi, Alex. Hi. I like Alex's little babushka under And here we go. <laughs> I think. Yes. phone's ringing it's windy hello john hey how's it going man good how you doing i'm doing good let me get you adjusted here can everybody hear him okay can you hear me hello hello yeah there we go there we go you're coming through cool man well all right it is a hell of an honor to finally meet you yeah me too yeah man So there's a there's a few of us here today. I got okay. my go ahead, Apple. Um, I, I'm I'm Apple, and welcome to No Simple Road. Thank you for coming on, John. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for doing it. Yeah, John, and my name is Melanie. There's uh, four hosts, and I, I'm just one of them. And I okay. Really, yeah, thanks for coming on. You are an awesome man. I really appreciate um, getting getting to know you. So thanks for coming on. Cool. No, thank you. I'm excited. And last but not least. 
Hey, John. My name is Alex. I am a big fan, and I'm really glad to get to talk to you this morning. This is great. Thank you. <laughs> cool. So, yeah, you're, we're just sitting on the porch having coffee on Saturday morning with John Modeski. No big deal. Oh, nice. <laughs> cool. Good. <laughs> so, hey, John, I, I, well, actually, all of us have spent the past week or so listening to your new stuff with Mad Skillet, man, and I got to say, it's uh, pretty amazing, pretty amazing stuff. And Thanks. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually we're, we were really happy with it. You know, it's a fu- it's a great band, really fun, and you know, and live it's just getting you know it's ever changing and exciting. You know. Yeah, I can't I can't even imagine. Like the thing that that initially grabbed me about it was that there's a sousaphone player in the band. Like that's <laughs> that's different. That's, yeah, that's that's just a little bit different. How did that come about? Well, I guess, you know, I guess for me, I don't even really think about it because, you know, it's just the low end in the bass, you know, okay. and, yeah. and, you know, so I guess I, you know, having, I, I sort of became familiar with brass band music, you know, I guess when I was a teenager right. and, um, probably through the dirty dozen, you know, and then, and then going back and checking out other stuff. And, you know, I think also just playing in concert bands and marching bands is, you know, the sousaphone is sort of, I mean, that's its function is the, the low end. So right. uh, it doesn't feel like that out of the box for me. Um, I think it is unusual. I mean, you know, the idea that, I mean, this, you know, sousaphone player, they use, you know, they're, they're using their breath. So it, you know, makes them play in a certain way. Right, but I mean, in this case, you know, Kirk Joseph is one of the greatest in the world. Period. You know, and um, you know, as a bass player, he's just—I mean—incredible. So, like, I, you know, it, there's there's obviously, I think, clearly nothing missing <laughs> right. by using a sousaphone, and it adds another dimension um, because in New Orleans, you know, it's it's part of the tradition. And there's a certain feel, you know, that he and the drummer have that's just really magical. Yeah. You know, T- you know, Terrence Higgins and Kirk have been playing together for a long time. I met them in 1999 when I produced a Dirty Dozen record called Buck Jump. You know, I, they called me, to, uh, Dozen called me to, you know, to help them produce this record. So I went in and did it. And, um, you know, Kirk and Terrence were in the band at the time. And after that recording i sort of had it in the back of my mind god i really want to and you know i get i guess again it's it's about you know it's not about the instrument as much as it is the musician you know so yeah and and so for me it was like i ever since then i wanted to do something with them i just i, I was like i gotta find something to do with these guys so the way this band evolved and i guess like any group that i i i you know, really love that I'm part of. You know, it's it's a real natural evolution. Um, like I don't, I'm not uh, so far. Like none of the bands that I've been involved with have sort of been a concept, right? That comes together. It's you know, it's evolved out of relationships and playing together and and realizing, hey, there's something special here, and that's what happened with this. You know, like I said, I met those guys in '99. And, you know, time was passing and we're all busy and just, you know, never really got around to it. Um, but about 10 years ago, Will Bernard, the guitar player in the band, um, called me up and I 
and I, you know, played with him and worked on his record called um, Blue Plate Special. Okay. And after that, Will and I started playing during New Orleans Jazz Fest in the late, because, you know, during the Jazz Fest, there's all these incredible late night shows that happen. And, and, you know. I've heard that's an amazing scene down there. No, it's incredible because collaborations happen that don't happen anywhere else any other time of the year. You know, musicians get together and there's, everybody's playing two and three sets a night with different people. You're good and juiced up and ready to go down there. It's not just, you're not walking in cold. You've been at it. Yeah, and so... You know, Will. You know, we we. You know, I think we started doing blue plate special gigs in New Orleans, and then as those musicians weren't available, you know, we you know we kept doing it in some form or other, and you know, sort of as blue plate special, and then it just kind of kept evolving. And at one point, Kirk Joseph was the sousaphone player, the bass role, right? And after that year, it did. You know, sort of the bell went off. And when the, the the next year came up, I was like, hey, let's get Terrence to do this and see what that's like. Because, you know, it's, this was like sort of my secret dream. <laughs> and, you know, of course it was amazing. And then the next year we did it again. And after that, I just felt like, okay, you know, this, you know, and with Will too, it was like, this band is really special. We should record this. So that's what happened. I got, you know, I got it together to do the recording and I realized that there's something about when musicians play in New Orleans is a different vibe and you know I, I see you know I saw how like Will becomes a different person in New Orleans and so I was like we got to record in New Orleans so that's what we did we went oh, down and okay you know so we went down and we recorded the record in New Orleans and you know started the process and it took a little while for the record to actually get out. I had to do a Kickstarter campaign to finally, you know, to be able to afford to finish it, mixing it and mastering it and printing the CDs up and records up and everything. So, in a way, this band has kind of been around and evolving naturally for a few years. And right. now that we have a record out, we can, you know, in a way, like, I don't know what a record does. I mean, you know, people don't buy records like they used to. And in a way, like, a, you almost need a record as sort of a... Uh, business card to get gigs. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So even with really, your kind of name. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Wow. Okay. You know, but I I wanted to make a you know so I just want you know so I produced the record and I just wanted to make a a great record that really captured the essence of the band and and for me it was also like you know having worked with Will and I I, I just wanted uh, to turn him up <laughs> in the mix <laughs> and you know and get you know get get him you know just you know have people realize what an incredible versatile amazing guitar player he is so that was sort of it so i just like you know produced the record the way you know we did and we went in and you know i brought in some tunes will brought in some tunes kirk you know we did a couple we did a you know a, a tune of kirk's and then we um you know did some sort of spontaneous you know things in the studio that um i used and we turned you know we and we you know created some stuff in the studio together you know so you know it's definitely a very collaborative project what is what does that look like when when you guys go into the studio to do something like this like because the music itself is so open-ended and free 
when you go in is it like somebody comes in with a little melody or a lick or something and then you guys just build and go or is there actual structure to what you guys are doing oh there's definitely structure i mean i think you know you know in terms of this this particular recording specifically it's a combination of that like you know i came in with a few you know a few songs that were you know they're structured and will did too and kirk but you know i guess it you know the the, the songs have structure but then they become you know, open-ended. <laughs> yeah, no, they 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 are open-ended because you know they they're basically just you know melodies, and then what we do with it and how you know everybody gets you know a chance to solo and you know and then and you know something that's really important I think with this band is that everyone really gets to be themselves. Mm. You know, it's not like oh here's this concept and you need to fit into this concept. The concept is we get together and play everyone gets to be themselves and then the music that comes out is the result of that you know hasn't that always been kind of you though i mean with mmw mad skillet all the other stuff that you've done yeah it doesn't word, seem like you've I mean, ever it, been in a box no i mean but that, that's what i like you know i mean i think there's something great i mean there's a lot of people who write music and you know put things together and it's very much a concept and it can be great you know i like yeah, I like in a, you know in terms of this you know playing improvised music. I think it's important that everybody gets to be themselves and express themselves, you know, within. And you know, the thing is, you end up depending on who you're playing with, you find common ground, and and and, and I think things kind of end up having a life of their own. And when you're dealing with great musicians who are composers and producers and band leaders in their own right, then everyone's approaching the music from that perspective, and. What happens is, you know, you know, a sum that's greater than the parts. Yeah, you know, that conversation. Yes, and that I, conversation you know, and, happens. I, you know, and that's what I love, and you know, and so you know, we gave ourselves time in the studio to also improvise and you know, or you know, spontaneously compose, <laughs> and so we did that. We'd play some stuff. We came up with some stuff, and then we, you know, then we'd stop and we'd say, "Hey, this needs something," so we'll create another section you know and then you know so so you know, basically it's like you play something you listen to it i mean really and this is how you know mmw worked too it's like there's a way of composing together as improvisers where you play and then you find something special you listen to it and then you play it again and you think well what does it need i mean it's the same thing you would do if you were composing all by yourself you know oh, yeah you have yeah, an, yeah. you have an impulse you have an idea and then you develop it but when you do that together, then you know it's, it takes a little longer. There's a little more dialogue. It's a little more democratic, and um, and there's some compromise in there too, I'm sure. Yeah, but you know, it's 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 with you know with the right people and the right chemistry, it's all very natural. And pretty much when everybody's feeling something, it's going to be good. Yeah. So that's what you do. You know, you bat stuff around until everybody's like, oh yeah, that's great, and then you do it. And then you know, with um, the, the two tunes on the record, "Tuna in a Can" and "Psychedelic Rhino." are the ones that we the, the ones we wrote together um you know then i took like especially with psychedelic rhino i took i took what we did and then i you know edited it and mixed it and added keyboards and just you know kind of turned it into you know what it, what it became on the record and now live we use that as a as a launching pad and it's you know it turns into something else so <laughs> with with music like this there's no lyrics right and i i'm i'm the guy that's like when a new album comes out I'm reading the lyrics to it before even catching into the groove. And with your music, there's no lyrics. And I'm curious how you name songs, man. Like, how do you come up with a 
Psychedelic Rhino, <laughs> which is <laughs> awesome. Two and no lyrics. <laughs> well, you know, I think a lot of it had to do with, you know, what Kirk was playing on the sousaphone. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a rhino. <laughs> you know, it's just like he had, he had his pedals and effects, and it was just like, and in, actually, you know, that song, I think Psychedelic Rhino was sort of the the funny working title, and then it just stuck because it it seemed to work. And I think, you know, a song, you know, with instrumental music, I mean, I do think, you know, titling songs is, you know, it's an art. And yeah. I mean, but if you think about it, like, if you, you know, they go back to, you know, let's go back to like classical music, which is, you know, some of the greatest instrumental, you know, music that human beings have created. You know, they didn't, they didn't title songs. They called it, you know, Sonata Number One, Opus, yeah. Opus Five. You know, they numbered it because sometimes, you know, putting words on something can restrict it and put it in a box. Yes. You know, and music, you know, one of music's functions is it's a language. You know, it's all of onto its own. It's something that we create as humans that. It's very unique. It's like mathematics or spoken language, and and music is another language. And dealing with sound and vibration and shaping it, you know, without words, expresses something that nothing else does. You know, and That's it's why you know it's why I've been involved with instrumental music, you know, so much for my whole life because I really believe that there, that sound has, without words, has a different impact, and it and it speaks to a different part of us. And it's not, I don't think it's better, you know, because I love a great song as much as yeah. anybody. And there's something about, you know, the poetry of pairing words and song that give it a, you know, could give it a different feeling and a different meaning. But music, you know, unto itself is another language. And sometimes putting a name on a song can restrict it or, you know, sometimes, you know, I mean, you see it out there. So, you know, sometimes titles are just really clever and they have nothing to do <laughs> nothing with to the do song. with any, Yeah. And I think, you know, so I think what, you know, what, what happens when you, you know, when it comes time to title something, you know, sometimes it just comes like, oh, wow, that, you know, you feel a title. It's, you know, it can have, it's like anything, you're sort of pairing words with music. So the title can be a little bit abstract and, you know, and, or it can be open and it can be very descriptive or it can be kind of open ended and, and hopefully leave something to, each person to have their own interpretation because yeah. that's really at the end of the day that's what this is like you know what what you feel from something is going to be different than what somebody else feels you know perspective is so key for a listener you know like what how you hear something what somebody you know what somebody gets from a certain piece of music is going to be different than what I get yeah you know? and it, it seems to me like the title sort of is like the cover of a book like the picture on the cover of a book I'll look at the title and then it kind of colors a little bit what I'm about to hear and frames it in my head and you touched on something that's really cool man like you're talking about music as a language and with what you do it's so unique because it's completely nonverbal all of it is frequency sound and, and, it's, a, and, and it's an open car for to me jazz has always been I've loved jazz because it's like an open conversation all the players are like equal it's a back and forth and it, it's it's beautiful yeah and I mean I think you know I think that like that really it's like yeah I mean I think jazz is definitely you know one of the highest art forms of oh. you know using 
notes and harmony and rhythm to, you know, create something that makes you feel a certain way, you know? Yeah. And I, th- and I think, you know, the whole idea that like, you have to ha- understand something to understand jazz is um, not really the case. I think, you know, a lot of people are prejudiced against jazz or instrumental music or, you know, I, you know, if, you know, you hear a lot of you know, different things, you know, that people feel about it. And, um, you know, I just, for me, it's like, I, I like music. I mean, I like all kinds of music, <laughs> but I also like music that I can't latch on to and like takes me out of my mind, right. you know, takes me out of my thoughts, takes me out of my cognition and it can into, change with you yeah into just a place of just sheer experience you know it's a different kind of journey you know yeah. you know a great example the first thing that comes to my mind as we're talking about this like the music is language and and without lyrics the instrumental music translating something i'm the opposite of aaron i'm i'm definitely an instrumental guy and with you and your music with uh, mmw and the album out louder which came out when i was in high school that was for in my life, one of the first times that I got an album that was new and listened to it, and your cover of Julia, no lyrics, no nothing, and that song, I was talking to Apple about it last night. Yeah. Being a kid, you know, like kind of learning how to listen to music and sit in my room with my headphones on and listening to that was your music has helped me sort of learn that language of like wow. something that a sound that evoked emotions that I could tell were unique to me and that I was sharing with the people who had created the music. And, and the other people who enjoyed the music, that album in particular, and in fact, that song is one that I, when I got that album, I started listening to it, and it's just never really stopped That's, with all your music in general. But as far as language without language, that is exactly what popped into my head. Well, thank you. That's the whole. That's the point. Yeah, well, thank, <laughs> for thank me, you. Thank you, know, you for me, it's like I want because you know I, I I have always appreciated music in that way and wanted. I guess you know. I don't know if it's how intentional it is, but I think it is partly is to like, you know, you know, just find a way to show and express just what you're talking about in a way that can open people up. Cause you know, I feel like, you know, there's a lot of fear around jazz and classical music and I, you know, and I, I don't really know, but I believe that a lot of it has to do with, you know, time and, Definitely. And, you know, it's like we, you know, we tend to relate to, especially when we're young, we want to hear what's now, you know, we want to hear, and then like, you know, this music that sort of becomes sort of historical or like almost like museum quality. I mean, we can appreciate it and understand it, but there's a spirit in there that, I mean, I think it's important to try to keep alive, you know? Absolutely. And I mean, that's what. I mean, I'm not saying I'm doing it, but it's like it's what I want to do and what I try to do, and I think it's what you know, Medeski Martin would. Oh, you're doing it. You know, when we first when, <laughs> when we first went out there, that was our that was our intention. You know, to, you know, to sort of bring this spirit uh, that that I feel and love about jazz and classical music. Is that what really took you guys on the road? Because you guys, it seemed like you guys really left New York. I mean, so many bands like that were doing what you guys were doing at that time. You know, New York was the place to be. But yeah. you guys got in the van and went and started touring around. You know, is, do you feel like that is something that drew you not away from your scene, but just like was that something you guys to were go seeking? out? Yeah. Well, you know, honestly, it was sort of. Um, and I'm, this is, you know, I'm speaking for myself. You can talk to Billy and Chris and get sure. different perspectives. But I think 
it was a combination of things. You know, I, you know, it's again like you know, in just in terms in terms of context, like at that time, it, most of the musicians I knew, you know, were there was all this great music happening, and you know, everyone is playing with you know, there's a you know all the, these collaborations and people playing with different people, but everybody was sort of you know just hoping to land on something that they could get a record deal and yeah. you know have somebody paying for everything and you know have this sort of this kind of success what we did and wanted to do and felt was like you know truthfully like we really loved playing together we felt like there was a certain chemistry there that was special and we just wanted to be playing all the time. <laughs> we just want to figure and, out and, a way and, to be able and, to do it more. Yeah, we wanted to be able to develop the music. And, I, and the other thing is, like, you know, we knew that the best way to develop the music was to do it live in front of people and oh, yeah. have it evolve like that. So, you know, there was really no way we could play five nights a week in New York at that time, you know, this kind of music. So we figured, hey, you know, let's go out there and just go play. You know, we played at coffee shops, small rock clubs. You know, and we played in an alley in, you know, in <laughs> that's, outside that's called, of a that's club. That's called loving what you do right outside there. Outside of a club one time because the fire department shut the club down. And it's like, so we were just like, you know, let's go out there and play. And if we can, you know, if we can find like 50 people in these different towns to come out, then we can like be out there circling around playing more often. Right. And, you know, I was sort of confident because of some of the touring experience I had with this big band from Boston around the Midwest, you know, in the eighties, I was confident that there were people out there. Oh yeah. And just from like, you know, realizing, you know, that like a band, like say the grateful dead was out there doing what they did, you know, that I knew there had to be at least a handful of people that would, you know, want to, yeah, might might want to go even further, you know, I, I'm curious about what your perspective is on like, because for a lot of us that listen to you now, we came to you through the improvisational music scene through, I hate to use the name, but the jam band scene and, right. and fish started playing your guys's MMW <laughs> stuff at separates. And so you start seeing these, you know, you have hipsters at all your shows and then all of a sudden you see all these hippies start showing up. And yeah. At the at that moment, is it like okay, these are the folks that are gonna latch on? Did you know when you started seeing that 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 was the crew that was gonna kind of latch on? You know, I think our attitude was, let's go play the music we play, and whoever comes will come. Right. You know? Yeah. Building. And it, you know, it, it started. I have to admit, it started off as a bet as a better dressed hipster uh, <laughs> audience, and then it's kind of transformed. And then, you know, the truth is, I you know that that scene probably turned off a lot of people because you know a lot of people go to music not just for the music but for the scene community. And, but we 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 felt like you know we can't pick our audience. You know, and my mom always said, "Don't bite the hand that feeds you." You know, oh, so. Shit. So we just, you know, we didn't, we never, and I guess I've never had that sort of mentality of like creating something or forming it, you know, to like appeal to a certain right, this or that. Right, For right. me, it's, the, it's about the music, you know, and to do the music 
for its own sake, and then whatever follows will follow. Either people will come or they won't. Either they'll listen or they won't. Right. And you can't really control all that. Yeah. So in hindsight, now though, looking back over, it just seems like the perfect combination. These people that are versed in that language of nonverbal musical communication, and then to have something that's purely that. Like like Mad Skillet yeah. or MMW, like it just yeah, seems you know, like I, makes I, sense. I, I, yeah, but I do think like it honestly with MMW, there was a certain point when the, as the crowds got bigger from that scene and as that because you know really like you know Fish was out there, but we didn't know who Fish was. You right. Know? I mean, I remember when I met those guys. We were playing at CBGB's Gallery in New York City, a little gig, and these guys came up after the gig and introduced themselves and really nice guys and they said hey we're in this band fish we really enjoyed your you know gig or whatever and i was like yeah good nice to meet you and then someone comes <laughs> up to me and is like hey do you know who that was and i'm like no and they said you know well they, that's fish they just sold out madison square garden tonight <laughs> oh, <laughs> and, and i was like oh wow okay you know and um so you know they were out there doing it and then we were out there touring but the, you know the jam band scene hadn't happened you know it, it you know it all started happening and then all these other bands came out there. And in all honesty, as the crowds grew, there was there was a certain, like, you know, the common denominator started to lower. And, like, when we would do our more, you know, creative out there stuff, for lack of a better word, you know, there would be guys yelling, do something. What? You know? Oh, yeah. That's like, you know, it's like there were these people that just wanted to hear some comfortable groove. And for us, it was... You know, it was definitely a choice to not just do what everybody wanted, but to keep pushing and growing. Like, I mean, when we made the record, The Dropper, it was a, it was a, uh, it was a choice to, we had, you know, at that point, like the record, the record before that was Combustication. It was our, you know, and at that, that time album. it sold, it had sold more than any other records we had done. And... I think it would have been very easy to just go in a comfortable direction and just do what uh, was easy and what everybody expected. And, and you know, when we made the dropper, we, we intentionally went in there and said, like, you know, we let's just keep pushing and let's, let's, you know, let's keep creating and moving forward. You know, it was definitely a kind of a turning point for us to, like, stick to our guns and, and stay creative. Well, yeah, and at that point, if you decide, like you said, you're like, okay, let's keep pushing, let's keep doing it. If you hadn't chosen to do that, isn't that how the conversation starts to get disingenuine? Like, doesn't becomes not a real thing anymore as much because you're not being honest with yourselves. So how can no. the conversation be honest? Well, you start to become a caricature of yourself, you know, and I think... You know, I think it's kind of inevitable. You know, you start to, you know, you are who you are, and you can't really reinvent the wheel all the time. But I think you can just keep going deeper. You know, within whatever you're doing, and that's like the choice. You know, do you want to go deeper, or do you just want to keep going? And I think we played um, at that time. We were playing a lot of rock festivals and opening for all these, you know, bands. And I think you know, we saw both sides. You know, we saw bands out there who were kind of just playing the same stuff they'd played 30 years ago right and i you know you could see how they they weren't really friends anymore and Oof. there wasn't you know they were just going out there and getting a paycheck and and you know playing this music for people which is great because you know yeah, god I bless think you one, one of the goals you know i mean one of the 
one of the great things about music is it can be very nostalgic for people and they could bring them back to and I think that's one of the functions of music is nostalgia and to you know give you that comfortable feeling but that's not that was not our job uh, <laughs> we, yeah. our job is like you know we want to like you know keep pushing and going deeper and, and and trying to you know create a journey and and that I and I think it. you know but inevitably like you know I think the people that just wanted us to quote unquote do something they you know they stopped coming which is yeah. fine and and like it it kind of weeds itself out and that's okay and like you said if you're just up there doing what you did 30 years ago that's okay too I mean there's there's a place in the world for all that stuff I think yeah. and and what you guys are doing though it 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 lends itself to always kind of be evolving and and being new and I, I'm curious with somebody like you because you don't just play you produce too so when you sit down to do an album like the one you're doing you just did how does it how do you switch gears like that from like producer to musician and back and forth well I mean it's kind of for me it's all the same you know it's like it's it's I mean making a record unless you're just doing you know a live recording or you know or just capturing you know something just the way it is when you go to make a record I mean, I, you know I feel like you know all the pop rock bands you know from from the 60s on started you know sh sh basically showed us that like a record can be more than just a representation of you know what somebody's doing it can be a work of art of its own you know it can have a life right. of its own it can have a you know that by getting in there and working with it in that way you can create something that's you know that's different than just a live performance you know which, which is you know I love so and I think with for me that's kind of the point is you want to you want the record to be something a live performance can't be and the live performance is always going to be something a record could never be. Oh wow! I never thought about it like that. That's yeah. true. Yeah. But I you know, really like I, that. I, yeah. that's that. You know, or you know, but also like you know, let's say like in the in the scope of jazz or you know, you know, classical music or, you know, definitely a lot of the all these incredible like archival field recordings that are coming out now. You know, also a recording can be just a snapshot of something that happened, which is awesome, and I love and I tend to love that. You know. Yeah. So in a way, like you know. I guess even a produced and you know conceptualized and worked out record is also just a snapshot of that you know that <laughs> that time that and that moment, place. Yeah, yeah. It can transport you to like a like you were you know talking about sort of pop rock with like nostalgia and people going and expecting something and it taking them right. back to a time or a place in their life where they were listening to that. That has so much value. We do love that anything can happen, improvisational type of music, <laughs> yeah. you know, because that almost feels like the opposite, more of like, this is the moment I'm in, and ooh, new things, and there's some familiarity. But I really, it's really cool for me to hear somebody like you talk about the value of recorded music because. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I think there's, you know, a certain. I think it all has, like I said, it's everything. Music has so many different functions. It can be, I Big mean, time. from, from just like the, you know the concept of just certain vibrations and certain sounds you know maybe even non-musical that have healing properties you know yeah. and resonances you know there, there's that and then there's you know songs and you know that I mean also can do that like you, you get into traditional cultures and there are like you know there are medicine songs and and you know there's you know in the Native American communities there's songs that they'll never record because 
their prayers, you know, and they and they can't be recorded. They shouldn't be recorded. And, and then you've got and then you've got you know songs. Then you got like then you have the Neil Youngs and the Bob Dylans and and you know the Bob Marleys who record songs that like you know come to be part of our lives and the fabric of our existence. And I think you know? for us, those that kind of stuff becomes the medicine songs for us for now. I I really I've said this before on on this show that one of the things that's missing from contemporary American culture is ritual. Ritual is missing from our lives, and these shows that we go to are ritual for us, so these songs become our medicine songs. Oh, big time. They are, but, you know, also, I mean, honestly, like, I feel like, you know, I guess like you were saying about how, you know, whatever, certain music can open the door to hearing music in a certain way. I feel like understanding that these are our ritual songs can also maybe take us into checking out some of I mean for me it has you know, in, in checking out the traditional ritual songs that have been passed on for possibly millennia right you know? and I mean you know they've evolved and transformed but there's something to that too of like the next level like there is like something to that I mean it's all I mean music is just so diverse and has infinite you know ways of being part of our life you know yeah and like you know like, like you know like you know think about improvised music is there there is a cathartic experience that happens when musicians are playing together and they're really in the moment for the moment and you know sometimes you need more patience to deal with that kind of music because it's not always going to be you know at the level of something you've predetermined can be but sure. when it comes together and something is really being created that is truly like, you know, in the moment, for that moment, in that place, for that place, and tapped in, that's a cathartic experience that you can't get from anything else, you know? You guys and, been, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Keep going. No, you know what I'm saying? And, and, you know, I'm not saying that that's better, but it's a different experience. I mean, music has so many, <laughs> so many functions. You know, I think the to those those older songs, I, there's a theory that morphic resonance, morphic field, where things over time accumulate energy and and structure and vibration, and those older medicine songs and things have been around longer, so that field is stronger around those things. But I think nowadays there's more of us listening, and so that thing is growing as well now once again and i think that's part of what one of the things that music does like you said there's so many functions for music but music as a tool is a healing thing yeah yeah ultimately yeah and and you know i think also like you know i think like you go back far enough and I mean, people weren't creating music to get on the radio or to get a gig <laughs> or to, you know, to, do, you know, to do, to appeal to this or that. People were expressing themselves. I mean, it was a, di- you know what I mean? So you, when you go back to, to this kind of music, you know, it's, I mean, it's a different reason for making music. And right. I just feel like for me, and I, and I just, I just think, Whenever, you know, when you really need to be doing music for its own sake, 
you know yeah and when you're doing it for that then you know something beautiful is going to happen <laughs> definitely yeah and it, i think it's cool too like that it has the ability to transport you to a place and like if you look out the window on a cold day it's it looks cold outside or hot and music has that ability and and can have a flavor and i really feel like with the new stuff that new orleans thing is there like you can feel it and taste it in the music it's 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 alive in there (laughs) big time well i mean you know kirk and terrence are from new orleans or in i mean you know they're part of the history of the place they're now but they're like you know tapped in i mean you know kirk has really you know is in the lineage you know and terrence too you know even though terrence is younger it's like they are in it and they care about it and they know it in a way that you can only know it if you're part of it and they you know they, they they you know they're current and they're creative and they're not you know hobbled by the tradition right but it's in there and they are interested in keeping it moving forward but keeping connected to it you know so for me it's just an honor and privilege that they you know are willing to play with me, you know, and, and, and be open, you know, to like what can happen when, you know, we put it all together. It's like, you know, I mean, you know, we, we talk about this. It's like a gumbo, man. What is a gumbo? You know, it's all, it can be yep. so many different things and it's all these different elements coming together, you know? New yeah. Orleans seems like such the perfect place. I mean, it's, it's all, it's no surprise at all that the music that's come from there is what it is talking about medicine music for example the musical traditions from that place have connections and roots to music from before the music you know came to america with with the with the call and response and that old old type of group music making within in a community you know that has that tradition that is one of the great things about american music with blues and all that stuff it has those deep deep roots and that's why when we listen to new orleans style brass groups it's impossible not to be affected by it. Invincible Bubble gumbo. is a great example off of this Mad Skill album that just came out. Like, I mean, I, you know, yeah, it was a bubble, but I was feeling invincible just listening to it yeah. and, like, feeling that, you know, it really, really brought me up. It's it's good stuff. We're not surprised. Well, thanks. We're very, very pleased. Well, yeah, no worry. I, you know, I, I <laughs> yeah, I think it's a pretty good record. <laughs> Good. I, I really, must you know, say so myself. Uh, yeah, I don't, don't always so think that. What you know? I, I, I think you know. We're we're all happy with how it came out. And so that happens, think, John. When you, you got, you'll make an album, and like after you're done, and it's over, and all said and done, and it's packaged, and in the in the cellophane, you're like, meh, it's all right. I can't stand listening to myself. Basically, why? Wow. Really? Yeah. Well, you know, I don't know. I, yeah, I mean, it's you know, I can appreciate and enjoy. I don't know. It's, it's, not, just, it's not why you're doing it. No. No. You know, and it's like, I mean, it's funny, you know, it's like, it's hard to realize this, but like, you know, when people first started recording music, you know, a lot of what was getting recorded was, you know, was that, you know, it's what, you know, I guess what we call field recordings now, recording these great blues musicians. And, and I think, you know, from what I understand, they were baffled at the idea of even recording it. They're like, why do you want to record this? It's going to be different the next time. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. We, we, we we don't even remember that, but like there were no recordings, you yeah. know. At a, you know, and recording hasn't been a long, around very a uh, very long within, 
you know, the scope of human history. It's just a little, it's a little Word. dot. Yeah. You know, so for all that time before, there was no recording of music. It was just passed on and, you know, it was a little different every time. And, you know, I mean, it's like, you know, it's like the clouds. They're never, I mean, they're not, the, they're never the same. Wow. I like that comparison. That's a, yeah. They're clouds. Yep. They're not the same. But they're definitely always, still not. always a cloud. You know a cloud when you see one. So yeah. are, are we going get to get to see Mad Skillet out on the road or? What's yeah, we've happen? been out. We've been touring. Yeah, we've been out. We started touring. We did, you know, we basically did a little East Coast, a Midwest, and a West. We just came off the West Coast. And, um, yeah, I mean, hopefully we'll just keep getting out there. Hell, yeah. Well, I can't wait to catch it. Yeah. I want yeah, to see that cloud. It's great live because it's, you know, it's, it's it, you know, it's different. You know, and we have, you know, there's, because we've been sort of doing this for a few years now, you know, we have a lot of other material that we do. We do we do some stuff from the Dirty Dozen. We do other, you know, we do other we we do other tunes. You know, there's beyond beyond the record. Like it's kind of, and you know what the band can do is like we've you know we just sort of scratched the surface. Wow. So John, what does your rest and relaxation look like after you're done with an album and have toured and done all that? Uh, you know, I've heard of that. <laughs> it's called rest and relaxation. <laughs> I hope to, I hope to check that out someday. <laughs> I mean, I live. It's not. You know what? I mean, I live. I mean, very intentionally. I live in the woods, a couple oh, okay. hours north of New York City, with you know about twelve on twelve acres. In the you know, so yeah i mean i kind of need that i always have i i realize you know as i'm now realizing that i've always kind of had this you know place to retreat to and you know with Vanessa martin wood we used to go spend a month or two in a in the jungle in hawaii with no electricity in like the you know in the winter january february just to sort of recharge wow. you know and i sort of that's sort of i need that i kind of like need uh no electricity and nature is kind of yeah so that is it that getting out of all that stuff that you're doing on a regular basis putting yeah, yourself I, mean, I, I you know it's like I, you know i think everyone's different it's just like what it's kind of what i my constitution needs you know i need yeah i need to get away from you know all that and just you know tap into you know the natural world, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a hard thing to well, that, do. And that's inspiring. That's really inspiring for me, you know. Yeah, is yeah. the music always there in your head, even when you're in your twelve-acre woods? Yeah, I mean the music's everywhere, right? Yeah. <laughs> the wind, the trees. <laughs> yeah, man. It's like yeah, everything is like it's happening. <laughs> that's what that's what uh, Trey Anastasio said about you guys the first time he heard you. He's like, it was like the wind. Oh, like, really? Sometimes I wasn't even sure if it was a song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that's about as good a compliment as you can get. Hell of an endorsement. <laughs> we'll just say yeah. it's like the clouds from now on. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. John, I want to say from all of us here, man, thank you so much for taking the time with us. We're it, it's super cool to to hear your heart, man, and hear where you're you. at. Really, Thanks. really cool. You are, you are a part of all our lives. We have listened to oh, you. Oh, God, I'm sorry. It's all right. Sorry for you. No, I appreciate that. Thank you, guys. Yeah, man. And when uh, when you guys come to the Pacific Northwest, we'll be there chilling out, watching the clouds with you. 
Yeah, come on. Yeah, right? I mean, that's you know, something that Sun Ra said, you know, that I love is like, you know, the, you know, the Sun – I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not going to quote it directly because I don't really remember. But it's, you know, something to the effect of like, you know, the sunrise doesn't repeat itself. You know, why should I repeat myself? Mm. Wow. Wow. You know? Okay. So – all right, there we'll leave go. it at that. <laughs> yeah. That's an awesome concept. Yeah, it really it is. is. Clouds and sunsets. Yeah. All right, John. You go have <laughs> a great right. day on your 12 Thanks. acres, and we will talk we'll to do. you soon, my friend. All right, thank you, guys. Take it have easy, brother. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. Okay, well, that's a super cool, intentional cat right there that uh, has a lot to say, both with words and without. I think that... Uh, we just learned quite a bit about where MMW and all his world comes from, you know? Yeah. What do you think, time. Mel? Yeah. That's it? Yeah? That's it. Mel's got nothing to say. He's speechless. There's a lot to absorb. Yeah. When somebody comes out the gate like that with no script but so much to say, that's what he's doing with his music. He's got no script, but he's got a lot to say, and not everybody in the world is that fortunate to have a stream of dialogue coming from nowhere into your fingers where do you think it comes from the clouds hmm. the clouds don't have a source like they don't go to like 23rd and you know 100 you know like degrees north and they don't have a location they just appear and then they disappear and you can look at them form and still not know where they came from and you can look at them dissipate and still not know where it's going yeah that's true and that's what he's doing like i think that we didn't really need to say much this was definitely an interview for him to just kind of um let us listen in on a little portion of his um musical creations and i think that's rad like what an amazing uh opportunity to hear an artist a true artist's um mind it's like a michelangelo or a da vinci or a yeah the, the whole time i he was talking i just kept thinking about um like fine art yeah i i kept thinking about that like it's to be appreciated by everybody but nobody in particular it's not for grandma and it's not for the baby, and it's not for the teenager. But if all of them were in the same room looking at it, they'd all like it. And 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 get something different from it too. See something different and something in all of it. And something that's the same too. Like there's a familiarity and a uniqueness to his um, style. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. Like when I hear him play, I know that it's him, without him ever using his voice. Mm-hmm. And, and that's is a really i mean that's a huge thing to say about this musician in particular because he is so much more than a keyboard player he has played a number of different instruments of that variety one of my favorites is like there's a little melodica on this mad skillet album that's really really cool but to still have such a distinct and unique voice that you can pick out of a lineup out of a crowd with such a very it's like hearing you know, someone's laugh you don't need to hear see their face, but if you hear the pitch of their laugh, you're like, "Oh, that's Melanie, that's Alex." Like, yeah. and he has a certain pitch with yeah. his fingertips and the sounds that come out of it. And isn't it odd though? Like, you could sit down at that same Hammond B3 that he plays with him standing next to you, 
and play something on it and then he could sit down and play and it would sound different yeah. it would be a different yeah like when everybody sings you know uh you know the national anthem all the voices there they become one voice yet if you listen closely enough you can start to pick out individual voices and that's what's awesome about this improvisational group is that they all in unison have a a story to tell but if you decide to pick up on the Hammond then you can hear that individual voice and if you decide to pick up on the sousaphone you can hear that individual sound and it that's what's so sweet about music yeah it's really something else man what a what a cool way to start the day and, yeah. and you made what what did you make I made carrot cake muffins with the help of um, Alex. It's a Mel Alex Excello experimentation. So Uh-oh. about <laughs> so the we're muffins. gonna get to eat some jazz muffins here in a minute. Yeah, some jazz, jazz some muffins. carrot jazz muffins that <laughs> yeah. I crammed them all into one muffin tin because muffins rise, and I'm not a big muffin maker. And so You're we have some we have man? some we have some Quasimodo carrot. Muffins right. in there, but they're edible. To be. Well, yeah. everybody out there, thank you. Yeah, John, for, thank you John, for coming yeah. on the show yes. and thank just you, you. right out the gate, just Being improvising with us. Yeah, man. Thank you. It's good, good jam, brother. Good yeah. jam. Uh, everybody out there, remember to subscribe to the show, follow us on all the following things, do and the stuff. And if you guys haven't listened to their stuff, really, truly, truly, go listen to their stuff. Mad Skillet and Modesky Martin and Woods and everything else that he's been on and you just need to do it. Yep. And you know what? Lighten your mental Show load. up with no expectation and get your mind blown. That's no, what will happen. just turn it on. That's it. Yep. No expectation except to literally hear sounds. There you go. There, There hear is instructions sounds. from Mel for you. Homework. Homework. Yeah. Go listen. You'll like it. We love you guys. Have a good week. We'll see you next week with more stuff. Be good. Peace.
What is a city without its music? The legacy of the New York Philharmonic is incredible. Nearly two centuries of history. That's a lot of music and a lot of stories. I was sitting on stage for the very first time thinking, I can't quite believe this is happening. Join me, Jamie Bernstein, as we explore the history of the New York Philharmonic. It's the NY Phil story made in New York, a podcast about a city, its people, and their orchestra. Listen wherever you get podcasts. tell you about the April-May 2023 issue of Relics Magazine. Features a Dave Matthews Band cover story with additional articles and interviews with The National, Graham Nash, Wayne Shorter, ALO, Ivan Neville, our friend Eric Krasno and Stanton Moore, Marty Stewart, and much more. Check out the latest version of Relics and subscribe now at relics.com slash DMB. Thanks, Relics. Hey, what's up? This is Blake Wyland. I'm the host of the Tone Mob podcast. It's a show where I interview guitar people about guitar stuff. We talk about their pedals, their amps, their accessories, their preferences, all that stuff, as well as a healthy dose of whatever comes up. Topics have ranged from aliens to addiction and anywhere in between. Oh yeah, and pizza. We're definitely going to be talking about pizza. So get the show wherever you're listening to this podcast at. Just search The Tone Mob in your search bar and it will pop right up. Come join us. We're having a lot of fun. Thanks for checking it out.